It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. What do you do when you grow up in a musical family in Bucks County, Pennsylvania? Well, you develop your talent, you record a ton of albums, and you tour the world. And my guest is international award-winning vocalist Nicole Henry. She's performing in Myron's at the Smith Center this Saturday, October 14th at 5 and 8 p.m. For ticket information, go to thesmithcenter.com. And for everything about Nicole Henry, including her extensive catalog of songs, by the way, go to NicoleHenry.com and you can follow her on X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Spotify, of course, too. Nicole, welcome to the show. Ira, thank you so much for having me. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's always what? fun to hear my hometown mentioned. Oh, yeah, I got to throw that in. This is going to be a banal question, but I have, to, I have to get it out there, which is when did you decide to pursue that career in music? How old were you? Um, what, what was it? What are you doing? Were you in high school, junior high, college? Where did that come from? It was uh, during my last couple years at college, and I was actually asked by a DJ to record some house music uh, vocals for him. And I always love house music and dance music, so I was like, sure, I, I love singing. And I'll, I hadn't th even thought of a full-time career in music, because I, back in those days, I just thought you got discovered, and that's how you... <laughs> Um, I didn't know you could go to school and actually work on it and then maybe, add, you know, <laughs> find a band and write song. So I had recorded these dance music songs with this DJ, um, and I'll, which later on, one of them got to the to number eight on the Billboard chart. But before that even happened, he invited me to do a live music show at a rave, at a nightclub at like one, two in the morning. And oh, that's, that's, the first that's typical Nicole Henry, of course. That, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for dance music. So, um, so I was invited to do, go do this show with him. And that was the first time in my life that I had a chance to sing four songs in a row as the lead vocalist, which when you're singing the national anthem or you're singing at a talent competition or at church, you're singing one song at a time. But that was the first time that I had a chance to experience what it felt like to entertain an audience. And that's what you do if you're singing more than one, two songs in front of an audience. And I was petrified. And it was really the first time in my life that I was that nervous. And I loved it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me right now? <laughs> and I knew just from that day that I that this was something I wanted to do and get better at. And just, I loved it. It was electric and I can almost still feel that energy from that night. Yeah. So it was 1997. Do you yeah. have any photos from that period when you I have, did that? I, that is so funny that you asked me that. I have one photo that I can find. Now, there we, they, these were all printed photos back in those days. Of you know? course, yes. So, yeah, we scanned this photo and it was <laughs> me. I was like, this was the second time that I was doing a show. And this was the time, I mean, I'm sure it still happens. I don't know. I'm not in that scene anymore. But this was the, basically, I came up with this idea to do a dress out of bubble wrap. <laughs> Just the noise alone would be distracting, let alone the visual element. <laughs> oh, no, how fun would that be, getting out of it? 
which I was so stapled into the. So yeah, I have a picture, of that and I have like these two little buns on the side of my head. Oh, staple, not not scotch tape or um, masking tape or duct tape. No, staple. Okay, you got to fold them and staple. So I was like, I have this strapless dress with um, with you know obviously undergarments, but uh, that's the only picture that I've yet uh, so far found. Well, if you find it and you can send it to me, I will uh, add it to the show. If you'd like, if you don't, if I will. I will absolutely. I'll, okay. I'll find it. Okay, I'll good. Yeah, no, that'd be I great. So now you have to make this decision. Okay, the the bug bit me, and I'm in show business, or I want to be in show business. What were the first few tentative steps you took after that to get going? Oh, it gets more classic. So, um, so I decided. I just this is this is, this is the, the 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 plan of a of a young artist who doesn't know what artists like what musicianship really in, entails. So I to myself, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I can't sing at this time. Dance music wasn't all around the world and wasn't as popular. You hear it everywhere now. And so I said, well, I, I've got to find other music to sing. And I always love singing like those epic ballads. And and I love singer-songwriter as well. So I was like, well, let me buy an instrument and start learning how to play music and and write songs. So Mars Music, I don't know if you all had that where you're based. Um, no. They had just that big music chain, big instrument chain, uh, had opened up in, in Fort Lauderdale. So um, I went to Mars Music Store and was thinking, okay, should I buy a piano, guitar? And I said, no, I've got to learn real fast. I want to do this really quickly. So I bought bongos <laughs> and thought that I could write songs to bongos. So I was like, well, I, can, I, can do, I can do rhythm. And I, and I got back and I'm like, what am I thinking? This is ridiculous. So then I turned <laughs> in the 30-day time frame and bought a guitar and started teaching myself guitar and writing songs to guitar. You know, I bought Bob Marley and a Stevie Wonder, which that's not a, an artist that you pick up to learn simple songs from, but I learned. But um, yeah, bought bought a bunch of chord books and just started learning guitar and then writing and singing songs like in that in that vein, more singer-songwriter, you know, doing all the open mics and so forth in Miami Beach. And uh and then I but then I fell in love with jazz. I was doing a guitar duo with my friend Lou Duvin. I was I was singing, he was playing songs from all over the place. But I had never consciously listened to jazz growing up, believe it or not. Had heard of Frank Sinatra, heard of, you know, Ella and Billy and even saw Lady Sings the Blues growing up, but didn't really know the genre. And then um was asked with my guitar duo to open up at a jazz club in Miami Beach of all places. And um to open up for their jazz night. So we did this love hour for an hour and a half with me and my guitarist. And then I would stay around and listen to the Monday night and Tuesday night jazz sets. And I was like, what? Oh, this is Fly Me to the Moon. This is Cole Porter. This is, you know, Tony Bennett songs. And I just was like enthralled for probably a solid three to four months or maybe even two months. And um, the bassist from that jazz trio that would host, that would have, that would uh, have singers with them Monday and Tuesday nights would hear me sing. And he said, well, why don't you, why don't you learn some jazz tunes and we'll do a night together? And I, it was August 20, April 21st, 2002. This was my first jazz gig. So I came there with t- 21 songs that I crammed in into two to three months. 21 and, and, uh, songs. Amazing. Were you surprised about the convergence of, I use that word because it sounds important and impressive, but the convergence of, Jazz and the Great American Songbook, because you mentioned some of the 
obviously leading lights of that period. So were you surprised at how your interest in jazz also incorporated the Great American or parts of the Great American Songbook? Oh, you know, and 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 at the in those days, I didn't even know the difference between the two so much, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I was just amazed at how much freedom I found in studying jazz, you know, and how at freedom as an artist to to take these songs and reinterpret them, but still be inside the framework of these great American songbooks songs. So yeah, I was I was amazed at at <laughs> how much I, I fell in love with the genre. Well, yeah. you, what's surprising is you, you mentioned earlier that you weren't involved at all or were aware of jazz growing up. So what yeah. kind of music did you listen to in those days? I, well, I was, uh, so being born in Bucks County, right outside of Philadelphia, uh, my mom's from Columbus, Ohio. My dad's from Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, they went to, you know, that era, they, they're, children of the raised in the 50s and the 60s so they would play their music you know the the, the oldies the goodies mm-hmm. and the oldies oldies but goodies that's right right oh, oh my goodness yeah. i'm so grateful that they did that and then you know philly soul i'm i mean commodores spinners spinners patty labelle labelle some soul you know uh patty austin stephanie mills so songs from the 70s yeah it's what I really well, grew up on it's, and, it probably is terrible of me to to guilt you but do you think you ought to add one oldie but goodies in your repertoire as a tribute to your parents oh i have okay great all right then i, I, I don't feel bad I, about I, guilting I, you in, yeah no no, no <laughs> guilt at all in fact they i owe so much to them so much of like what i love about music to my parents although i was like how did you guys not play jazz in the house? You know? um, but uh, but I do. I you know I, they were great DJs. Thank goodness. And um, on the weekends. And but at the same time, my mom was a classical pianist, and we I grew up with a piano in the house. Right. Um, I, I played cello growing up. I'm you know so classical music. Were you okay? I hate to say this because if people are just listening and not watching, you look a certain way, and when when you see. Nicole Henry performing, she comes across a certain way, but I'm getting the feeling based on what you're telling me that you grew up slightly nerdy. You know what? I, in a way, I, I think I was a little bit of everything because I, I loved everything. Yeah, I, mean, I loved well, other students. I was, but I was like president of my class, but I was still in the orchestra and, and, um, and you would have loved jazz had you known about it at the time too. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the crazy thing is I don't, I'm pretty confident that we did not have jazz in my school, but we did have an, a full orchestra. So yes, because I was in the choir and in, and we just did had choir, which was great. But you know, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would have loved jazz. Did your folks follow your career or have your folks followed your career and been amazed at what you've accomplished? When you look, if you go to your website, NicoleHenry.com, you, you see all your albums that you've done over the years that you recorded over the years is actually the technical term and it's quite the output so i'm sure that they even though you come from a musical family you've probably superseded what was originally the musical base of the family if, if that's the way to put it well you know it okay so uh, uh my mom is more like you know, she, when I graduated from college, she was like, well, you want to take this particular job because you might get benefits and you'll eventually get benefits. And that's, you know, that's, that's what they were taught. Right. Um, right. My dad on the, so, and so my mom was really 
more conservative in the sense yeah, of your tra- more tra- traditional, more, I think, would be the better. More term. impressed when I bought my condo. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, oh, okay, so I guess this thing is working for you. <laughs> 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 my dad, my dad, he, he gets it because my aunt, my aunt Deborah, his sister, is a full, she's a singer. She's been in the seventies and in the eighties, she put out albums with her own band out of Virginia and called the band was called Anglo-Saxon Brown. And then they changed their name to Silk. And I grew up singing her songs. My sister and I would be singing along to her albums. So, um, so he gets it. He gets the, he gets it. You know, my, my cousin came to my show last time I was in Philly and took a video of my dad watching me. <laughs> nice. And he was, he nice. was there. Yeah, clapping and singing along. <laughs> I I, I, he doesn't even know I have the video. <laughs> you can surprise him. <laughs> no, that's great. Because so, I knew you came from the musical family, but I didn't realize also that you had an aunt who also recorded. And so the whole family's talented, but you're touring the world. They're not generally, I don't think. And so you have that slightly different level of performance, I guess, to use yes, the term. It's a, it's Yes, um, because my aunt, who stopped singing her with her own music in the early eighties, um, she's she can still continues to sing. She's one of Patti LaBelle's background singers. Nice. So she, you know, and it's funny we don't talk shop that much, but she's it's a job. But you know, right, she sure. loves, her voice is amazing. I forget what question you were asking. No, no, no you've answered it. But but it's funny. I was just thinking when you said aunt and. I'm West Coast, so I, I say aunt and you say aunt. I, I, I like that. So that's good. People in Philly say aunt. Too, yeah. But- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about your show in a few minutes. Again, it's at Myron's at the Smith Center this Saturday, October 14th. There's two shows, 5 and 8 p.m., which is cool. So there's not just one, but two. So you tour a lot. Do you find that you pick up musical influences to this day, or did you have someone in the beginning that was an influence on you that sort of provided the the path to the way you wanted to go how did that work um, no you know what and I, n- so i grew up loving big epic ballads you know i grew up i was the whitney houston ballads and i still love that but then i still love to jam with like stevie wonders and again the, the commodores and the spinners kind of music like that's my base is, is if, if somebody were at, to ask me but and then a little bit of gospel not more of the 60s 70s 80s gospel and then i know when i started learning jazz um, my bass player who i mentioned paul shuchuk mm-hmm. who invited me to, to join my first jazz band and i recorded with him a couple a few out al- a couple albums he gave me, shared with me some of his albums. He shared Nancy Wilson, Sarah Vaughn, and Carmen McRae. Can't go wrong with so, that. To this day, Nancy is one of my favorites. Classy lady. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think I have a little bit of influence from that. But then, you know, I, I, I've always tried to just make sure that when I'm singing, I hear myself telling the story, my mm-hmm. voice, Nicole telling the story and so i so where i think there might be different influences in my sound like some people say oh you said you sometimes you'll sing and you sound like whitney or you sound like stephanie mills or i heard a little nancy in there so i think that some of that does come up but i try to make sure i'm not hearing anyone else's voice just because i think that's what art art an artist is yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i hadn't heard that before in terms of how you do that so you can take from influences but then you you just focus on 
your voice as you deliver, which is a great way to do it. I want to mention, yeah. too, some of your albums, uh, The Very Thought of You, Embraceable, Time to Love Again, The Nearness of You, great song, So Good, So Right, Your Smiling Face, and you have a video out right yes. now called Is It a Crime? So what is a crime? Is the crime not hearing you sing? Is the crime something else? What is that crime to so define? That, that, that song, first of all, it's a crime if, um, if music doesn't affect you in some way, shape, or form. And if you can't find songs that you can relate to, that's the crime. But this particular album, Time to Love Again, the latest one, is a project of all cover songs, some from the 50s, 30s even, um, mm -hmm. all the way up into the, I want to say 80s, up until the 80s. And so uh, it's music that I thought we should love again, all the songs that, that, that I've sung. And uh, Is It a Crime is the cover of the 1985 Chardet song. So my band, my jazz band, uh, starting off with the upright bass there and great uh, Troy Roberts on saxophone comes in on the video version. That That's the, that's a music video that I released just recently for that song. And uh, it's actually, I just found out today, it's number 21 on the UK soul charts of all. Yeah, excellent. So Got to take it. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned those other songs. Uh, the Nearness of You is actually the song to this day I still warm up at every sound check to. I just love ballads, those ballads and the very thought of you. And I, whenever I sing those songs, I think of one, uh, the, my first pianist that I ever worked with, who's no longer with us, but he's just Mike Orta. If you ever listen, go back and listen to The Very Thought of You and The Nearness of You, which on both of those albums, we did those, what are they called? The, the track, the, the title track. Just duo, piano duo, my, one of my favorite formats aside from guitar duo. And, uh, we, we just, we always did that as a duo, but give me a ballad and a pianist. Any day. <laughs> I, I could do a whole double sided album. Oh, easy. Um, yeah. You mentioned, and it's funny. I've never asked this of any other guests, but since you mentioned it about sound check, I know that all artists do sound checks, but is the main purpose for the musicians backing you versus you, or is it for all of you to kind of make sure you're in sync and the balance is right on the sound? Everything seems to be working. That's you nailed it. That's, that's, okay. That's it. Yeah. It's definitely to get the understanding of the room, where the monitors are sitting, how you're hearing the rest of the band. And if you need more of a particular instrument in your monitors, mm -hmm. I, as a singer, actually, and not many jazz singers do this on even the, the jazz club circuit, sometimes, sometimes on a festival circuit, you might have people or in a concert, you know, the concert hall circuit. Mm -hmm. But I wear in-ear monitors as a vocalist um, because I'm tall. I'm five, ten and a half without my heels. And to me, my monitors don't hit the sound for my monitors don't hit my ear fast enough. So I love wearing in-ear monitors so that I'm always on, you know, my my pitch is there. I hear myself and I'm no matter where I walk around mm -hmm. stage. Uh, so I, I do that to make sure that my, that's set properly. And then for me, you know, as much as I can warm up by myself with whatever vocalization I do on my own, I, I'd have to sing 15, 20 minutes with my band to just wake up. You know, it's kind of like going for a jog or stretching. Just, <laughs> get the blood going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get the voice in, in myself, you know, get everything. So, yeah. So what have you planned for Myron's at the Smith Center? Have you 
thought it through. Well, I'm sure you must have because it's coming up. Uh, but yes, I- I'm very excited to come back to Myron's first. I had a great time there the first time. Uh, we're actually doing the album Time to Love Again. Mo- most of the album, I- I'm throwing in a couple other mixes, but uh, we haven't done that show there yet in Vegas at, at the Smith Center. So that's what we'll be. That's what we'll be doing. Most of the music from that album and a few of my favorites from previous albums. Good. But uh, how is like, it that you do the? It's there's two shows on that date, October 14th, five and eight. I always wondered when you finish the first one, and then usually, not always, but there's sometimes a meet and greet or just a, an informal kind of a situation, especially at Myron's. But then you have to get ready for the eight o'clock show. Are you are you exhausted after the first one and then recharge once you start the second one, or is it you just charge through both, or how does that work? Do kind of reset. It is a, it's a weird. It's always different, but it uh you do have a bit of a reset, and I might change a couple of because it's it's effectively the same show that we're doing for right. the two different audiences. Right. Um, so maybe I'll change the order of one or two songs. And the other thing is like, you, you want to make sure that when you're doing your show, you're like, wait, wait, what, did I talk about a certain thing? You know, sometimes the dialogue that you have in between the songs, you might be inspired to say something, but I, I, I'm thinking, wait, did I say that earlier in this set? Or did I, <laughs> did I, was it the last set? Am I repeating right. myself? That, that's what you have to, you know, um, and then also you just like, but for me as a singer, I love, uh, approaching the lyric as new as a new lyric as much as I can, mm-hmm. you know that's like kind of like an acting thing. Um, Sinatra had the same the same philosophy, which is to approach it as if he's singing it for the first time. Yeah, and so yeah. He, in a way, it is acting. So yeah, it works out very yeah. effectively. You can do it. How many uh, musicians behind you? Uh, I'll have a quartet, piano, okay. upright, guitar, and drums. Now, are these musicians? Uh, are, are they the ones that travel with you all the time, or are they, are they for Las often. Vegas only? Often, they're okay. often. You know, I usually okay. have about two or three sets of musicians because sometimes people are working with other people. Sure. Uh, but I'm so excited that the guitarist, Aaron Lebos, who lives in Miami, and I've, who I've worked with from since 2000 on in different formations, different bands. But he's on the album, and he's going to be there. Eric England, who is my upright bass player, who now lives in L.A., which I'm happy for him, but he's going to be there. Chris Cadenhead, who's a pianist who actually is based in Vegas. At the, the A couple months ago, my other pianist, had to, who was on the album and actually produced the album, he had to change plans because he's the musical director for other artists. Mm-hmm. So I, he was like, is it okay if I do this tour with him? I was like, well, okay. Because yeah. Chris Cadenhead happens to live in Vegas, and we used to work together. We've traveled the world together for years, so he's jumping in. And uh, and a drummer, a newer drummer that I've worked with in Miami, Bram Masla, graduate from the University of Miami as well, he's, uh, he's going to be there. I'm glad you mentioned him. I always like to have the musicians mentioned if we can and give them a little shout out in that sense. Are you ever tired from touring? Because you do tour the world. I mentioned that in the opening. And you seem fresh as a daisy to me, although I'm never fresh anymore. But it's just, it's amazing to me. <laughs> it's amazing to me. How you can. You look fresh as a as a as a, as a, a petunia. Oh, oh, shucks! Thank you. But <laughs> how do you do that? Do you is there a secret to that that you can? You, um, because you have, they a lot of guests have told me that the work is in the travel and the prep, not on stage where you. That's where you shine, of course. But just the 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 way travel is today: plane, train, bus, uh, car, walk, 
ride, jog, (laughs) swim, however you get there. But it just seems to be very tiring, at least to some of them. But you seem to handle it well. Yeah, you know, like like you said, that's the work. The work is getting there and actually everything that you did to get there, music-wise, prepping-wise, charts-wise, whatever, arrangement, set list. But so the actual work and walking on stage is like, oh, finally, I get to do this. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that, that's, that's when the fun turns on. Yeah, I bet. But unlike other artists that I've talked to, you and I'm sincere, you don't look like you're exhausted. And I know for a fact that in this case, you just got off a plane. I won't say where right. from, but the point is, I'm impressed. Let's put it that way. Uh, thank you very much. A little, little soap and water, you know. <laughs> Do we want to mention how you got started with the drag shows in 92 and 93? Oh, hilarious. That's hilarious, <laughs> That's hilarious that you asked me that. So living on Miami Beach, early 90s, the University of Miami, we go out at night, and then all of a sudden I found this whole culture of like uh, drag queen shows. So this woman, Kitty Meow, would have a drag queen show, and she had this thing where, you know, drag queens would get up and perform, and it was an opportunity. I heard that sometimes they would invite singers to come up and sing. So I was like, oh, how fun. I would love to go sing. And, you know, this was before I knew what putting a band together and how this whole... So I was like, yeah, I'll come there. I'll bring a karaoke track, CD at the time, (laughs) and you go up there and get a chance to sing. So I was like, sure. So I started going every few Mondays here and there. And that was really my first stage as as an entertainer. This was early (laughs) college. Uh, Did I say the year? Uh Uh-oh. No, 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 uh, yeah. we didn't. No, well, this is- here's the thing. At least you didn't say you brought a LP or a cassette. You did. Re- you did say and you brought a, a CD, so you're fine. Yeah, or a track. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> it could have been cassettes, you know, but it might have. But um, but yeah. So that was my first audience. My first opportunity was given on a regular basis to go sing. And I remember one time, the first time I got up and, and, you know, once you do it more often, people know your name and see your face. They're like, Oh, you're a real girl. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. Thank you. Yeah, I would think so. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that they can, they learned, they, they learned me. <laughs> no, I, that's, I never walk on stage without some lashes. <laughs> So, quick question before I let you go. Looking to the future, do you want to do more recording, more stage work, kind of what you've been doing? Are you looking to do some television? Are you looking to do something entirely different? Or I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll let you answer. I appreciate you asking me that. Well, right now I'm working on a just starting to figure out, okay, what's next as far as a recording? What is next? And, I, and I've had this long-term project of a celebration of a, one of my favorite jazz artists, but this doesn't feel like the right time to do that project. And Well, I've got the answer for you, though. It's oldies but goodies, of course. I, you know, um, but that, that's a good question. But I actually would love to get into a few more original songs out there. So going to look for material, look for some songs, maybe try to write a couple songs myself. But yes, TV and film, ugh. That's another one of my loves that it's like, I've got to get my hands on that some more. So I would, you know, I continue to do auditions. I've done some stage work, more theater, theatrical right. uh, Broadway productions, you know, but not in New York City on Broadway, but uh, regional productions I've done. So yeah, a little, if I can get into all of that, I would love it, Ira. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that you're able to balance that. So in other words, you're touring, but at the same time, you just mentioned you went on some auditions and. So the fact that you can do both, and again, not look like any tiredness, 
emanates from you at all. So I'm sure you'll be successful in that side of the show business career. Um, oh, thank you. I pray for that. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate your, your wishes there. Am I going to see you in Vegas? Absolutely. Yes. Yay! Yes. Okay, good. Oh, <laughs> I love that. You'll recognize me. I'm the one that looks tired and worn out. And <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you some of my juju. I'm going to come to your early show, five o'clock. I love it. So it'd be great. It. Well, that's a great way to leave it too. My guest has been international award-winning vocalist, Nicole Henry. She's performing in Myron's at the Smith Center this Saturday, October 14th at 5 and 8 p.m. And for ticket information, go to thesmithcenter.com for everything about Nicole Henry, including her extensive catalog of songs. Go right to nicolehenry.com, and you can follow her on X, formerly Twitter, of course, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. And Nicole, thanks for being on the show. Ira, thank you so much for having me. It was a real great time to, to be with you. Same here. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Happy.